Hey guys, welcome back to episode 24 of Next on the Platform. Uh, as you guys probably noticed, I've been gone for a little bit. I've had exams and stuff, but we're back now. Uh, hopefully weekly episodes. And this week, I'm joined by a very, very special guest. He is a recent graduate of high school. He's an accomplished powerlifter and potentially one of the funniest teens in the USAPL. This week, I'm joined by Daniel Doe. <laughs> How you going, man? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm fantastic. How have you been since graduating high school? What's life like out of the cage? Life is uh, it's kind of dull, mm. you know? Like, I don't really know what to do with my life right now, but, mm. you know, just training like usual and, you know, things might happen in college. Who knows? And you're heading off to college soon, I assume? Mm-hmm. Mm, where, where are you going? Um, so, first, I'm going to be attending like a, a community college and getting my general education there. And then I'm going to transfer to OU. Mm. Okay, interesting, man. And and as we all saw, you recently came out of a meet. Um, and for those of you watching who know Dan, obviously did very well. But we're going to go over that. He's going to talk us through it, let us know how prep went, how the meet went. And then we're going to dive into some other topics, uh, some opinions here and there. So, Dan, how was uh, the prep leading up to um, the meet? And as you guys uh, probably know, Dan trains out of a home gym. So, Dan... I uh, would have been training alone in the home gym, still on cal- cal- calibrated equipment, sorry. Um, but just keep that in mind when he talks talks you through prep. Okay, so my prep was actually really fun. And this was like my first prep under a coach like Matt Cronin. So I honestly had no idea what to expect. And I was really nervous about this meet because even though it wasn't something like nationals, uh, there was nothing on the line. But to me, it meant a lot because it was about showing how much I improved since the last time I competed. And I made a whole entire private story documenting my time. And I called it journey to the platform. And it was just me documenting my lifts, uh, manipulating my body weight and the things that I was doing, preparing for the meet. Mm. And the meet, it was honestly, it was fantastic. It was just the perfect day. And I couldn't ask for more. This was like my second meet. And I honestly still had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to fill up my attempts. I didn't know where to weigh in. I didn't know how to operate the combo racks and, or anything really. But luckily the people there were super welcoming, friendly, and they were more than happy to help me out. Mm-hmm. And um, starting off with squats, that made me the most nervous because squats are my worst lift. I wasn't even sure I could hit 501 that day. And what's funny is that people told me that I peak like crazy because during the taper i felt so beat up and i didn't feel my best but on meet day i popped off so hard and um on one of my squat attempts i could hear from like the the crowd someone's like oh my god because of like how like fast it moved and in my head i felt like that too and i was like why does everything feel so like good and like so light and to me it was i felt like i was giving it my all because everyone was telling me you could have loaded so much more. You had you had kilos re- left in the tank. And the spotter behind me during my squats, he yelled at me. He was like, stop sandbagging. And I, I was I was like, dude, am I? Like, I feel like I'm giving my all. But um, yeah, every single lift was like three white lights, except for my bench opener. And bench has always been my thing, but I've been struggling like with keeping my butt down on the bench. And one of the side judges, he caught that and he gave me a red for that. So had the other side judge caught me for that, I would have missed my opener, which would have really hurt my confidence a ton. And 
deadlifts were just so easy. A lot of people at the meet were just kind of getting frustrated with me because of how easily I was hitting my attempts, you know? Like, I think they wanted to see me struggle a little bit or like load like what I could, but on that day, I think I did my best. Mm. I saw, I just rewatched your meet recap. Um, yeah, your 500 pound squat was super easy. Like it kind of looks like a second attempt even. And I know what you mean, like with how, like, oh my God, things are moving so easily. Cause if like you said you hadn't competed in a while and it's like, well, you kind of forget how good a, a peak feels because if yeah. you're not doing it in the off season, you forget how you feel after a taper and it's like, wow, like you really feel strong and, and yeah, I can see in your squats moves super fast. Um, I was on the private story, so I saw the last bench single, um, and it was the last bench single that you failed, or was it a just one of the one of the sessions that you? Because I, from memory, you missed a lift in prep. On um, bench, yeah, it was like the the last day of the prep, and yeah, my butt just kept going up, and I was really worried about it. And my coach was like, you know, at the at the meet, like if things go wrong, just like spread your feet or, and like, just keep it wide. Because usually when that happens, I can keep my butt down, but it's at the cost of leg drive because I can't really like push my feet into the ground harder that way. Mm. Yeah. I had the same issue and you know, Kilo Pete, I know you, I know, you know, Pete, uh, he came mm -hmm. on and he told me he had a good one. It was, um, pointing your feet slightly outward and driving through your big toe. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a try. And it actually works really well. If you, I don't know, something about driving through just the big toe keeps your bum down really well. So that's, yeah, maybe something to try. I um I found it really helpful. So thanks, Pete. Um, but yeah, man, you had a fantastic meet and you ended up totaling six, was it 45, 645 kilos? Yes. Yeah. So walk me through your third attempts, what the, what the numbers were. Um, the third attempt numbers, my squat was a 501. My bench was 385 and my deadlift was 535. I don't know what those are in kilos, but you know, uh, that, um, that total put me second in the nation at the time. And then after high school nationals happened, Mitchell Jones, he bumped me down to third, but either way, I'm still very happy with mm. that rank. You should be, man. I think in kilos, that's uh 227 squat 175 bench and 245 deadlift from memory um yeah man you had a fantastic meet and we as you would have seen mitch was on last week and he walked it mitch is mitch is crazy especially 17 years old dude's got a huge total but um yeah still third is incredibly impressive man and um now you're out of high school so no more no more high school nuts but you still teen nuts for you now yeah yeah that's yeah right. awesome um do you have plans to compete for the rest of the year um, yeah, I do actually, uh, in November, there's going to be another meet that I'm preparing for and I'm just going to use the entire summer just to, you know, prepare for that. Mm. All right, man. And, and you, you mentioned that it was your first, uh, comp under a coach. So you, uh, under Matt Cronin, how has it been? So how, like before and after getting a coach, how's that been for you? Honestly, having a coach is very different because before I would like to just like fart around in the gym, just do whatever I want and do whatever I felt that time. And to me, it was having a coach puts you like, holds you accountable and you're paying for a service that is going to better you. So, you know, I don't have to do the things that he sends to me, but I do it anyways, because I know it's going to, I know it's going to like help me get better. Mm. And time and time again, it's proven to have worked for me and I have gotten stronger under him. And if I wasn't with him, I don't know where I would be. I don't know what I would be doing, you know, because 
I approached Matt last year in March and I was injured at the time. And his whole deal with us trying to like uh, get me better and start moving better. And um, at the time he told me that we would schedule a virtual meeting just to discuss stuff. And I told him word for word, I was like, yeah, I don't have school because like I have all the time in the world because I was like, uh, during that time, schools were being shut down for COVID. And the day comes for me to hop on a call with him. And the thing was, I overslept that time. So it was like the worst first impression of me. And I was like checking like the messages. He's like, hey, are you ready for the video call? And 30 minutes later, he's like, are you ready? But by the time I woke up, he sent those like three hours ago. But you know, <laughs> with that being said, Matt is like very patient. And he's like super down to earth guy. And He's like really funny too. So, and like, sometimes I forget that we're only like five years apart, but like, you know, because of that, like that age, like gap, it's not, it's not even a big gap, but because of that, he like understands what it's like being a teen lifter. So he's very understanding. Mm. And what I've always liked about like him as a coach is that we have this like athlete to, to coach relationship, but we we're also friends too, outside of that because we can talk about similar music interests, movies, or like anything of that sort. And on many occasions did we talk about like the sort of trouble that we got into high school. And like, that's where Matt and I bonded the most. So if, if any of you have Dan on Snapchat, you know he's been in some trouble previously. Um, it's definitely an interesting story. Are you comfortable telling everyone about the Snapchat and the high school stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, man. So well, if, if you're not on Dan's private story, DM Dan, get on his Snapchat. Um, it's a bunch of laughs and I'm going to include a couple of clips possibly at the end of this video. So if you want to skip ahead, I'll put a timestamp, watch the videos of his Snapchat and come back. Um, but yeah, man, walk me through what happened in high school. Okay, so this might be a lot, but I think it's worth it. So on that note, I did get into a lot of trouble in high school and a lot of it was because of the private stories I've, I've posted on Snapchat. And so because of like that, it was like very hard for me to think that I would be able to graduate. And graduating was like kind of surreal to me. Like I knew it was gonna happen someday and it was inevitable, but I never really expected it to come in the way that it did. And I never really had a click or fit anywhere. So I was just like hopping around friend groups looking for someone to just like kind of cling on but nobody minded that because they knew that I was just like this funny guy that just likes to work out. And um, I spent a majority of my senior year on online actually. And it was my choice because it was, um, it was your choice to either stay online or go to school on campus. And I chose to be online and I, I could just sleep in. I could just log on to my class whenever I had it, turn my camera off and just like take a nap. And, and it was good. And people would always ask me if I was coming back and I would just tell them, oh, you know, I'll be back next month or next week. But I never had any intentions of coming back. It was just like a comfortable way of living. But um, with that being said, it was very, very lonely being at home by myself. And like, I thought it would be fine too because I also train alone as well. And like, that's how my training is. You know, I have a home gym, just train by myself. I never really invite people over, but it's, it's just like a lonely way of living. And I was like happy at some times, but you know, it would have been nice to like have friends, you know? And so that's where the private stories come in. They were a way for me to show my friends like what I was up to and like, you know, just keep in touch with them. And I remember very fondly in December, I was having the worst farts 
ever. And I would just like, I would record them and I would send it to my friends. And then to my surprise, some of them would send a fart back and it was just like, I just came up with this brilliant idea. I was like, what if I held a contest to see who has the gnarliest farts out of like my list of friends and I'll call it King of the Farts, like a spinoff of a King of the Lifts. Mm. And this was like one of the most pivotal moments to my private stories rise to popularity because everyone got to be in it. Everyone enjoyed participating in it and they got to see friends among friends doing something that's gross, but also like funny too. Mm. And then suddenly all my fun was ruined. My principal, she calls my mom and she's like, (laughs) (laughs) right? And it's not, it's not what you think. It doesn't have to do with the fart just yet. But she's like, mm-hmm. if Daniel wants to graduate, he has to come back to school. Mm. And I was like, damn, like I have, to, I have to come back. Like I was like having so much like fun, like spending time by myself and like just like making people laugh from home. And it was really foreign going back because there were so many unfamiliar faces and a lot of people missed out on getting to know me since I've been gone for so long. But on my first day back, like, I don't know what it was. I think it may have been my belt since I, I put it on usually kind of tight but my stomach was like feeling messed up and and i was just farting like a machine it was i, I think i had like loose booty hole syndrome or something <laughs> far after fart and i would i would just record them and like send it to my friends because like that's like the whole point of stories like it's just to document my life and share it with like my close friends everything I do, whether it be something fun, exciting, or sad, I just share for my friends to see, because that's like, that's like how I like to live my life, you know, share my experiences with other people. And I don't keep too much private to me, like, you know, it's called a private story, but I don't really keep much private, because the person I present to everyone is like who I am as a person. That's why a ton of people who like, have never met me, but have either heard of me or seen my videos from like another friend, they get very excited to see me and they feel like they've known me for forever just because of like the way I present myself. Like nothing is ever filtered. Like what you see is me in my pure and like most raw form. So anyways, I put this one post on my private story and I'm like, man, I want to drop out of my AP class, but my teacher's boobies are the only thing keeping me from dropping out (laughs) as a joke because I say shit just to say shit. Hmm. And my surprise, someone had screenshotted that but it didn't let me know and they showed my principal so the next week after because it happened on a friday so carrying over to monday my principal she sees me she's like you need to come to my office like as soon as possible i'm like i wonder what this could be because like i don't think i've said or done anything bad i totally forget about those things and then my principal reads off like what i said word for word she's like is this what you said and i was like yeah i said that (laughs) and this isn't the first time that something like this has happened but like i just don't learn from my mistakes and so i get into this whole ordeal that came from such a tiny thing and the people that knew about it were also like dumbfounded because it was blown out of proportion so much like it literally didn't matter and my parents they didn't even care either because it was like something stupid i said that you know i'm getting in trouble for And so now during this time, I have a reputation for A, having wild private stories and B, getting into trouble with the school. So it's not quite the legacy I want to leave behind before I graduate, but I still have time to change it. 
So what I did for the time being was delete the private story and just fly under the radar just for the time being, just to like simmer down because I still want to graduate too. And then after that, there's a, this incident with this girl that I won't get too much into because like, you know, just to protect privacy and all that. But basically my private story is what drew her in, like, like get interested into me. But also ironically, it was the same thing that pushed her away. (laughs) Now I know like what kind of power I'm dealing with. Like it can be a great thing, but also Mm. a terrible thing. Comes with great responsibility. Exactly. Mm. And so during this whole time, um, I'm still having super bad farts and I'm like still sending it to my friends. One day I'm sitting in the back of this math class, right? And I'm just blowing it up. People (laughs) around me are dying. Like everyone's trying to study for their final exam, but like, it's just so bad. And like, people just have to exit the room. And then I spot in the corner of my eye. I'm like, there's this red Mason jar over here. I'm like, what would I like? What would happen if I just farted in it and just forced one of my friends to smell it? And I was like, so, so I go to the bathroom, I take it with me and I, unscrew it and I, I just rip ass in this jar and I screw it back as like as fast as I can and as hard as I can so like no air escapes and the moment I did that I looked at the jar and it was like already fogging up I'm like this is fucking gross but someone has to smell it so I bring it back into the classroom I'm like yo I'll pay you 10 bucks if you smell this like 10 bucks is a lot but that's exactly why I had to like you know set that price because no one's going to do that unless like, you know, there's like a, there's a good reward behind it. And so then he like opens it and he takes a whiff and he's on the verge of throwing up. And like, I became like super like interested in it. Like I was intrigued because, because initially I'm thinking there's no way this is going to work. And it did anyways. So I shared this discovery on my private story and I became known as the fart guy and I did not want to leave high school being known and remembered as the fart guy. So I'm just thinking like, what can I do to be remembered as an absolute legend? So I created a game show for my private story with some juniors. And what we did on the first day of the week um, was take melatonin gummies, like max dosages at the beginning of the school and then just see who can stay awake the longest. And it was, it was not a smart idea because like all of us were just like, we were out of it. We were so tired and like, it was not a good idea, but it was fun because there was this kid who was just like, I take, I take gummies all the time, you know, like it's not going to like do anything to me. He falls asleep in first hour, like 30 minutes into taking it and he's knocked out and people are just messing with him, like recording him and all that kind of stuff. And so then the next day we had this like kind of dare game like kind of like impractical jokers if you've ever seen that we're just Mm. doing dares and like basically just embarrassing ourselves just for the fun of it and mind you i'm a week away from graduating and i need to end it with a bang so i'm like what can i do so i find i buy liquid ass from amazon and I, i bring it to school and when i brought it to school like i just looked at it and i got scared because i'm like dude, I know how much trouble this could like cause, like this could lead to like mass destruction. So I pass it off to this junior to spray. I'm like, I want to see some shit happen, but I don't want to be attached to it. So I give it to this junior. And then they, these juniors, they just start spraying it in their American history class. And like, I was just expecting someone to just like spray in the air vent and then just have it like turn on and just like hit some kids. But they were going around the room, like spraying it, like probably using up like, 
I don't know, a quarter of the ball or something. And it got so bad to the point where they just had to evacuate the room and spend the rest of their class outside. And uh, a junior told me that the, the teacher, he or she um, performed a smell check. You know, they, they dug their fingers in their butt and like smelled their fingers just to make sure it wasn't them because it was it was that bad. The teacher did that. <laughs> yeah, the teacher what did the it. Fuck, man? <laughs> Jesus and, Christ. This was amazing, but it wasn't enough. So I spent the rest of the days with a few juniors just absolutely terrorizing people. They were spraying people's backpacks, people's masks, <laughs> and uh, their car handle. Dude, it was so funny, but so And how bad. bad does this stuff smell? It literally smells like... Because I've seen the reactions to it, but I've never <laughs> smelled it myself. I've seen your story. It smells like raw asshole. Like, it smells like someone's ass. It doesn't smell like a fart. It smells like asshole. It's bad. Like, I can't even explain the smell to you. It's so bad. It sounds horrific. And, um, yeah. So, in the end, some way or another, everything traced back to me. Because my principal calls my mom again, and she, like, tells her that Daniel's bringing this fart spray to school and, like, like spraying it around. And my mom, she was like, she was upset with me, but she was hella disappointed because she's like, again, like you're getting in trouble again. And like, it's, I, I do like to get in trouble, but I don't like to bring my parents into it. Like, that's like the last thing I want to happen, but it, it happens anyways. Cause like, that's like how my school is like always bringing parents in for that. Mm. So it happened. That was strike three. Cause strike two was, um what happened with my teacher it was strike one it was but i got in trouble for something prior to that so this is strike three but i wasn't worried because i knew i was going to graduate anyways and i did and even now i miss those times a lot but i just can't stay in high school any longer like it was time for me to leave like i have to leave mm. on to bigger and better things yeah exactly. that's the best story that's ever been told on this podcast and that's <laughs> that's that's 24 episodes that's the best story that's been told. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I, I miss. Oh, there's more. Yes, continue. Oh no, I was just saying that there's there. We're gonna show footage, but yeah. Oh, like, the footage is good. Video. Yeah, no, I'll put some footage, footage in good. at the end. Um, yeah, man. I no, I get it. I miss high school as well. Like just that, like should have fucking around with the boys. Other than that, it was pretty subpar. But yeah, no, definitely miss the memories and stuff. And now you're out and. Uh, still with the boys I've seen on the Snapchat story you're still hanging out with your friends and stuff yep. um, but yeah I don't want to share your Snapchat do you have say you, you want to say your Snapchat username for people to add you yeah for sure you can do that mm. it, only if you want to though yeah for sure Daniel underscore swole Daniel underscore swole so get in there if you if you want to get a part of that story because I've, I've I knew most of that story from the Snapchat so it's definitely entertaining yeah. uh more entertaining than the story you get to see all the videos and stuff um but you did mention you did mention um training at home before and uh you know how that is and i want to know i want to get your opinion on it because i train at home too um and i think it's kind of uh, it's different to how people would expect it's mm. not really the like the glorified home gym thing is not exactly what people would expect from the outside so i want to get your opinion on that yeah it's definitely not this like what people think it is, but I do enjoy like part of it because there's always pros and cons to everything. And so the pros that I enjoy are a I can play whatever music I want as loud as I want because I 
also live in like a neighborhood where people just don't care. So I can play music like whenever, however loud I want and whatever I want. Um, two is I don't have to wait on anyone for equipment. You know, I can always just like go at my own pace. No one has to wait for me. I don't have to wait for anyone else. Um, and honestly, I, I think I think that's where it ends for pros actually. Now mm. where it comes, like where bad part comes is it gets lonely, you know, like, you don't, the, the environment is not really like the same as going to a commercial gym, for example. And I have gone to a commercial gym uh, recently and I did enjoy it a lot. Like there's a lot of people there. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like different in a good way. But, you know, there's obviously like things that, you know, you can't, you don't have a spotter. Right. And you'd have to ask like a family member or something who lives with you, but no one in my family lives and like, they're not like always around. So I have to either, I lift the weight or I just die. Mm. So that's that. And another con is having to buy equipment. Obviously it's really expensive. And I don't think people know how like expensive it can get. And during this time too, not everything is always in stock, you know? And because of that, you'd, um, you'd have to go on like other like third party websites, like Facebook marketplace, or other things like that. And people are going to scalp you. They're going to, they're going to sell it to you for like way more than it's worth. Mm. Yeah, man. And it's like things like, yeah, people will have a look and they're like, oh, this is how much calibrated plates cost. This is what a bar costs. But it's like, yeah, okay. Did you put the shipping in? Did you uh, calculate shipping to your address? Because I had to pay like over a hundred dollars to ship my bar out. And like, did you put in the cost of like gym mats and, you know, lighting and like, there's so many things that go speakers, whatever it is. There's yeah. like the, the, the main costs are expensive. Yeah, the calibrated plates, the bars, etc. It's expensive. But then all those other things like mat, men, rubber mats are expensive. Like deadlift platform, the, all that stuff, you know, making your own platform or however you do it. That stuff really adds up. And it's like people kind of, I've been asked a couple of times, like, would you recommend it? I was like, no, I would not recommend it. If you have a powerlifting gym near you, don't get a home gym. It's like, unless you've got a heap of money, like just lying around, maybe then. But like, if you're saving up for a home gym and you have a powerlifting gym near you, I would absolutely say don't do it. Cause it's like, one of the things you didn't mention is the motivation. I don't know if it's the same for you, but like yeah. I've said it before, walking out to the garage is not motivating. It's, it's really not. And as like spoiled as I sound, like it's, it's a, not a good environment. You're on your own. You have to like, you know, I've got to move the car and set everything up and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it's like that, when you don't feel like training, that just makes it so much worse. Yeah. And now I'm, that you mentioned it, I know what that is like. like yeah. That's like, because I go through that almost more often than not. Like, I feel demotivated. I'm not ready to train. And if anything, I just want to, like, be done with it as soon as possible. Mm. Yeah, like, those secondary and tertiary days, like, for bench and sometimes for squats, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I just don't feel like... Because, like, that motivation from the heavy weight, you know, because I only train heavy, like twice a week at three times yeah. at most on the different lifts so those two three other times where it's like rp7 or lower i just really don't have you know because the the weight doesn't motivate you if you don't feel particularly good that day and usually you don't because it's a secondary or tertiary day so you're you're adding up you know boring weights um body's not feeling fantastic just you know let's just say you're not having the best day man it's hard and it's rough to try and you know, get started. And I know it's like problems that everybody has, but like, I feel like if I went to a gym and there was people around and I didn't have to set up my own equipment and it was like just ready to use, you know, and that would make yeah, it a lot better. But when, you know, when you're alone, your bad mood in the gym just overcome, like I just can't get over it. Whereas I think if I was with people, it would kind of like cheer me up and distract me a little bit. But yeah, the home gym, 
and I and I you know, interested to hear your opinion. Uh, it's the same as mine. It's like it's it's hard. It's mm. as much as I love you know having access to it. It's not something that I would ever like push on someone or try to encourage them because I just wouldn't. I, if I could go back, like I would do it again because I don't have a gym near me. But for people who do have a gym, don't bother. Like don't don't worry about doing it. Yeah, I agree with you. Like yeah. on every single part, like. I would never encourage one, but because there's not one near me, mm, that's yeah. why I have one. I would yeah. do it again. Yeah. Yeah, I'd do it again. How how close is the like nearest powerlifting gym for you? The closest powerlifting gym to me is about like forty five minutes away. Yeah. So it's not at all. Yeah. It's not worth it, man. It's it's in the traffic and that sort of thing with school at least. Um now I posted a story up and you would have seen it and I ended up posting it on next on the platform. Uh, it was most people don't have what well, was despite its inclusivity. So despite how easy it is to powerlift, how friendly everyone can be and helpful and, in, you know, including you in this and that and the growing community, despite all that, most people don't have the drive or determination to be good at powerlifting. And I posted this up and I had some people reply and DM and all that sort of thing. Um, and I wanted to get your opinion because you're obviously, you know, and, and as a young athlete, it's harder to say, cause we haven't got to that point where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, other things are getting in the way, but what do you, cause in my head, I have an answer for people who are like, Oh, you know, you'll, you don't know if you're going to get burnt out or like, you're so young. Of course you love the sport. It's like, well, you know, I just, and I'll give my opinion after, but I want to hear your thoughts. Like, are you someone who thinks, yeah, maybe I could get burnt out one day or do you sort of know that you're like sort of suited for the sport and not really going to, you know, I, I mean, it's hard to say, but like, I personally feel like I wouldn't be one of those people who get burnt out. Like, I just don't think in, in like mentally, like physically, I can't, you know, if I get injured, I get injured, but mentally, I don't feel like I'm the sort of person to get burnt out just because um, it's never really happened with anything else in my life. Kind of like I just stick with like, you know, once I start something, I stick with it. And I wanted yeah. to wanted to get, you know, your insights on that. Okay. Well, so for me, I, for the longest time before my meet, I was already feeling burnt out already because I wasn't working for anything really. I was just like, just getting into the gym, just getting the work done. And that was it. It was really repetitive. It was the same thing over and over again. And when you talk about drive, I was definitely lacking in that. Like I'm exposing myself right now, but I really never did my accessories. Like I would just like do like the main stuff and get out. Yeah. You know, and everyone, I I like close people that like know me, I'm notorious for not doing accessories. And they're all just telling me, like, think about like how like amazing you would be if you just did your accessories. I'm like, I don't really see it. There's not really a point in doing it. And that's where like, my drive was lacking. And so then after my most recent meet, I saw how like high I was ranking, you know, third in the nation in 2021 in 10th of all time. And when I saw that, those numbers, it, I came to realization that it's being like the best in this is probably a little bit closer than I think it is. You know, like seeing that, I'm like, maybe I, I do have a shot at this. Maybe I can be the best. Like I'm seeing it right here, right now. And that like gives me the drive. So I think people lacking drive, it kind of just depends with everyone because everyone has their own sort of thing that they want. Some people want to have like a big following, you know, be like a good influencer. Some other people want to be, you know, the best in the US or the best in the world. It kind of just depends. But for me, I was definitely lacking drive. 
but now like I'm getting back on track, you know, I can see like, I can visualize clearly now, like how like I can be what I want to be. Hmm. And and for those of you who don't know, Dan's only 17. So only just left high school and, and totaling like third in uh, America for high school nuts. So like, yeah. And it's like I mentioned, you know, being young and, and people were like, oh yeah, like I've I've had people say to me like oh you'll never like you'll you'll you know you don't know if you're gonna burn out like it just happens to anyone and all that sort of thing and it's like it's kind of I've got the feeling that people think because we're so into it now like we're overdoing it like how much we love it or train for it or think about it that sort of thing it's like I understand the the logic but it's like I put all this effort into it because I really do love it and because I want to be in the sport for a while and mm. and like if you don't understand it you don't understand it. It's like, if you don't have that feeling and that love for the sport, if you don't have the drive on like those off days, then it's like, I don't expect you to think that I won't burn out. Like if you can't, like, cause this is mostly coming from people who were good and sort of lost interest in that sort of thing. That's the people that I've had it said to me. Um, it's like, well, I don't expect you to, cause like, obviously there's a different feeling right from the beginning between people who eventually burn out and people who never burn out and just keep going until their body can't handle it essentially. And it's like, if you yeah. don't, ha- if you don't have that feeling, it's like, that's completely fine. It's, you know, whatever. I don't care how much you love the sport, but it's like, if you don't have it, like, don't tell me that I don't have it kind of thing. That's sort of, it kind of frustrates me a little man. Cause it's like, it's like kind of under- undercutting the sport. It's like, oh, powerlifting is like not a real sport. It's like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you wouldn't tell, you wouldn't tell a football player or like an ice hockey player, oh, you won't keep doing this. Like you just, you like it too much right now. You won't be able yeah. to like. You won't be able to like it forever. It's like you would never say that, but I feel mm-hmm. like people say that about powerlifting because it's like a. I guess you could say it's an internet sport. I don't, I don't know. That's just kind of the vibe that I get from that whole like ideology. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting that you say that it's an internet sport because I, I kind of feel the same way too. Like sometimes when I lift, a lot of the motivation that I get is from showing off what I'm capable of. That's why again exposed to myself right now but that's like that's like who i am i don't hide anything i would um before the meat prep for the longest time i would spend probably every other week trying to be as close as i can to maxing out like i would take like this heavy ridiculously heavy single and like be like i'll I'll just i'll just build up my tolerance you know i wouldn't follow the program that my coach gave me and you know I would just like, again, just farting around just for the fun of it. But like, that's like where my motivation came from. You know, it came from clout lifting. It came from, you know, just moving heavyweight just for the sake of moving heavyweight and for people to watch me. Mm. No, I understand like the, because inst- like, you know, if you post a good lift and you get like 20, 40, you know, however many comments, like it's fulfilling and it feels good when people like acknowledge the work that you've done and you know, whether they say it's a good lift or whatever, it's like, I understand that as a form of like, uh, acknowledgement and that sort of thing. And I, and I, you know, even me, like I'll hit a heavy single and I'm happy and happy about it, you know, like, or a, a good set and I'm happy for a while and it's, you know, the adrenaline and stuff. And then I'm like, Oh cool. Like I get to post Instagram as well. And, and it's like, as sad as it is, like it's after the adrenaline of actually doing it fades away, you get the, like the, reward of posting it and showing it and like, and like yeah showing people something that you've accomplished is sick but like it, and, and i'm speaking about myself too you kind of fall into it well at least for me falling into like a a trap where it's like you know th- i think i value it maybe too much because like 
most you know most of the people I interact with on the internet I've never met or you know I you know and it's like at the end of the day like how how much should it mean to me that people are you know uh commenting on my video or this or that and it's like I think a lot of people do and I tend to you know I tend to not lift for Instagram but I do get excited by posting it and that sort of thing and so I can see why people with less self-control would get carried away with like you, you know, post doing heavy singles. Like I know you were doing that just because you were kind of mucking around, but there's some people who lift purely for Instagram and I'm sure names come to mind and it's like, I kind of understand it a little bit, but then I think it's just those people because they lack, they lack that self-control. Those are the people that will burn out. It's like those people who are lifting for the the acknowledgement of people they've never met like purely for that reason those are the people that burn out i think people who just post because they you know enjoy it and they want to show it off that's a those are the sort of people that can hang around for in the sport for a lot longer yeah i definitely agree with that mm -hmm. so i I'm, I'm done with that you know i've broken that like bad habit i'm out of the cycle now and like now that i'm like reintroducing myself back into training like for the whole entire summer, I want to see what what I'm capable of if I just stick to the program. Mm. And doing your accessories. Yeah, especially mm. that. How much? How many accessories can you do at home anyway with the equipment that you have? Um, not many to be honest. Like I think the only other things I can do that doesn't require like barbell and plates is like just dumbbell stuff. Mm. Okay, so you've got dumbbells. Yeah, I mean, and that's just like it's so much easier to train accessories hard at the gym too. Like I've recently yeah. trained in the gym. It's like, dude, having a chest press machine is seven, instead of having to like log heavy dumbbells around on the floor and shit, it's so much better. It's like just plate load the machine. Uh, and like, I've tried not to slack at all at home. I try my best and I, or, you know, you guys know that I say about, you know, doing your accessories and that sort of thing. Um, but man, in the gym, it's so easy, especially like I find with legs, training legs in the like when you could just do a hamstring girl and just like a leg extension whereas at home i have to like do like an rdl with the bar or some you know goblet variation something like that it's like in the gym is so easy if you have access yeah, to, it really is if, if you have access to a good gym and you're not training your accessories hard and you have like good machines with good movement arcs and like where you can get good tension and range modes like you're an idiot like if, you, if you're not using utilizing the like high to low row and all like just stuff like that man it's so so good for accessories and like i was talking to i went and see a uh, went through a physio yesterday and was talking about like specificity and he was going over like specificity within athletes other like in running sports and stuff like they will do they will run right which is a core dominant movement and then they will go and do squats in the gym which is also a core dominant movement and like they get burnt out because they want to they want to tr like strengthen the movement that they're doing, but they're just running in circles in terms of recovery because they're not recovering from the run. They're going to go squat, and I think it translates a lot to to powerlifting in that like yeah, it's good to get good at the the main movements, but like once I'm finished bench pressing, I'm gonna do dumbbell press the opposite way. Like I bench with an arch, but when I do dumbbell press. I'm going to do feet up and like yeah. as big a range of motion as I can. It's like I try to not mimic the same position in my accessories. And I feel like I say it all the time, but then I still see it. And it's like, 
like have a think about why you're doing your accessories. Your your bench press is like not going to get helped by not really going to get helped by a dumbbell press. But like you can get a lot bigger if you do a dumbbell press. And if you're a lot bigger, you can move a lot more weight. So yeah. it's like try to, you know, different movement patterns and different angles and like I I know I'm repeating myself from other episodes, but I still see it done wrong and like these methods are just they don't make sense to me some of the methods that i see but yeah sorry for the rant everyone's heard me everyone's already heard me go over it like a hundred times but i feel like i have to keep saying it until you know like people are doing it well yeah i I think that's like where i messed up too because before i would hear top level like elite athletes say if you want to get better at something just do it more Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay, I'll just sub out my dumbbell press for more bench press, mm. you know? But that's like, it's where I go wrong. Mm. Yeah, man, that 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 um, mentality of like, just practice. It's like, when people say, just do it more, that's like a cop-out. That's like, how can I get better at bench press? And someone will say, do it more. And I actually know a coach who does it, who says that, but it's like, it's kind of a bit of a front for Instagram because he sells his courses and stuff. You know, Sebastian Orib, Australian strength coach? Um, the no, guy who think- coaches Thor? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Well, Thor's coach, um, he like, someone will ask him like, how do I get better at a bench press? And he says, bench press more. It's like, yes, that makes sense. Like, you know, theoretically that makes sense. But when you tell young athletes bench press more and then they start bench pressing five days a week after like two years of lifting and then they run themselves into a hole, it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. So when people say like, do it more, it's it's yes it kind of makes sense a little bit like practicing technique and that sort of thing but overloading the same movement pattern at the same angle with accessories doesn't make sense to me like once i finish low bar squatting i'm not gonna go and like do a belt squat that mimics the exact same movement to me to me that doesn't make sense um i'm not saying like that was just an example it's probably better with dumbbells and bench press like I'm not going to go and arch with my feet like up behind me and and with a small range of motion because it, it, although it's like the same position as a bench press, it doesn't make sense that like I've already hit that pattern. I've already hit that movement, you know, so I'm going to change it as much as I can. And so that mentality of like just do it more, I think doesn't make as much sense because people then like interpret it as, oh, I'll add another day. I'll add another bench press day. I'll add more sets but then it doesn't work with their volume. So it's like that sort of advice. Yeah, I I do kind of see that as like a a cop out of answering a question because obviously there's other ways to improve, you know, X, Y, Z lift. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you're like just getting into lifting and you're listening and you hear like, just do it more, that's probably not the best advice. It's like ask a friend, someone that you trust, to like look at your technique, to look at like your program. If you have it like a cookie cutter one, there's definitely better ways than just quote unquote doing said thing more. Yeah. And that kind of like brings me to like what I was like going to try and say, but like I get that those kinds of information from social media. And I think a lot of things are like a misleading and B like just like not worth watching and like, you know, retaining because Whenever I don't like, I'm not like on social media that much, I can just like spend more time on myself and I don't have to see like any of the things that like, you know, might be misleading. For example, doing X lift more often because 
when I see things like that, like they kind of like, for me, it kind of like messes like with my way of thinking and like it lets me like influence me to do like things that like might put me in like this like bad habit in this bad cycle. Like for example, not doing my accessories and just doing like the lift I was just doing like previously before. Hmm. Yeah, no, and it's like I think of it like this, right? Even the big names, like, and I'm not talking about powerlifting specific coaches. Think of like movement coaches, um, all that sort of thing. They're trying to sell you something. If someone is putting out information and they have like ebooks and programs and that sort of thing, they're trying to sell you that information. And and like, there's lots of genuine people. There's lots of people that I know are being genuine, which is is hard to tell on the internet. But like think whenever you even people you trust right even your own coach like question them and like when you come across i think something on the internet like i'm i'm not very optimistic about stuff that i see on the internet so like i don't really trust anybody um you know i always question stuff i always think is this person trying to sell me something and that's a big thing like that's when i come across all the time if 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 someone's putting out information they're putting out whatever the first thing I ask myself is like, does this person have a sale on right now? Does this person have this? Like, you know, and thinking about yeah. what they could potentially be trying to sell me. And I think it's, it happens, I'd say it probably happens mostly with like nutrition stuff and like that kind of thing. Cause that's like a field that not many people know much about is obviously nutrition. I feel like more people know about training than they do nutrition. And it's like, I never, yeah, take anyone's word for anything without doing my own research and like, getting multiple opinions and that sort of thing because Instagram has turned into like a massive marketing tool now where whatever it is, they could be trying to sell you a product, like promote their brand and that sort of thing. And a lot of the time it is genuine, but a lot of the time it takes advantage of younger lifters who aren't informed or they think they're being informed, but they're being sold something. Like you can do this, you can do this, but buy my thing, it makes it easier or blah, 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 you know? And so that's, I was guilty of it. I know people young kids or like you know and you can't help it because it's just you you trust what you see like yeah people are some people are trusting it's like that's a great quality to have but you've got to be super like um open-minded about what you see on the internet because a lot of it are from people that just don't even know what they're talking about in the first place um do you follow um i don't know what his real name is BioLane is his instagram he's a nutritionist dude yes he's great and I always see stuff on his stories about like other people who are promoting stuff on their Instagrams. It's like, there's so many people that he disagrees with because, and like that are just putting out essential bullshit. And like, if you don't know anything about nutrition and I don't myself, I'd believe it. So like I follow a bunch of different people and I can see the drama that goes on between them because they're all disagreeing about stuff. Cause some of them, some of them are trying to sell stuff to each other. And yeah. Like, you gotta, yeah. But yeah, it happens a lot and it happened with me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. That happens yeah. to me too. Yeah, well, you just got to like get a bunch of sources that you trust and, and if you can talk, like if these are people that you can talk to, talk to them. If you can't reach them, just watch their stuff. You know, like obviously I can't message him, BioLane, whatever his real name is, but I watch all his stuff and I just try to learn from him as much as I can. Yeah, that's uh, that's like social media is like a, it's a good and a bad thing. You just have mm. to be careful about like what you choose to, to process as like information and retain it. Mm. Yeah. The thing like think whenever, yeah, it's like anyone, literally anyone in the world can have an Instagram account. 
and anyone in the world can put a put a sentence on there, whether it's true or not, they can post it. That's what I always think. Like, should I be trusting this person? Yeah. Um. Obviously, coming up this week, and we'll move on from that just because I get a bit carried away. Um. Coming up this week, and as most of you would know who are listening, I believe it is Thursday. I could be wrong. Um. Raw nuts. Is that this week? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, as you would know, the 83 kilo class is stacked. Um, potentially going to be the biggest competition of the meet will be the, in the 83 men's. Uh, and I want to know, are you, what is it? What did the King List post? I am with Russ. I am with Sean. That sort of thing. Uh, or Angelo, what do you, what's your prediction? Um, Honestly, my heart is with Sean. It's always been with Sean and it will forever be with Sean. I am team Sean all the way, mm. but I would like to see Angelo like, you know, cause um, I believe on his uh, podcast, like a post that he made um, him and Steve Denovi were making their predictions and he didn't put himself as like the top three contenders. Mm. And that made me like, you know, I disagree with that. I, you know, I think that he should like have more like, I think I think he would be like top three, and mm. I want him to, you mm. know, because I I really like Angelo a lot. Mm. What do you think for number one? What do I think? Mm. What but what do you in your heart and then in your head? What do you think? In my heart, Sean. Mm. And what do I think in my head? I still think Sean because um, as you know, like you saw like Russ is like big uh, what is it? Was it three forty? Yeah, 340, yeah. Yeah, that deadlift and like that, like kind of like shook everything and like made started, like people started changing sides after that. Mm. And even with that, I still want Sean to win. And mm. I think he is going to. Well, I'm pretty sure th- Sean pull, pulled 335, right? He pulled five kilos, like 10 pounds less than that. Um, I believe so. I, yeah. I think it was somewhere around like, 730 something yeah i'd say like they deadlifts are relatively close and if you mm-hmm. haven't heard the two white lights episode go check it out i listened to all the predictions um and yeah angelo did undercut himself but i think being his podcast um it kind of would be a bit weird if he started saying he was going to come third and that sort of thing so i think yeah. he's just being humble um yeah. obviously that could go like they said if you haven't heard it they said essentially uh there's like a group of like five people, like six people that could place from eighth to third. Like there's so many people that could mm-hmm. come third. Like Angelo could end up coming seventh with the the amount of people in the weight class that are so strong. He could come third. He could come seventh. He could come second if one of the top two bomb. So like it's going to be a super interesting meet. If you, if you haven't caught up on the stats, go watch uh, Two White Lights before the meet. Get informed and then watch. It's going to be more entertaining if you know what you're looking at. Um, but like, yeah, like you said, I think per- like obviously, yes, I'm with Sean. I want Sean to win. Uh, I think um, yeah, I think he's worked. I think he, and, I, and it's a big statement, but like I think he works harder than Russ. Like Russ is obviously very, and I'm not trying to undercut Russ's talents or his hard work, but I think Russ is probably more genetically gifted than Sean. So. Yeah they like Sean probably has to work harder to get to number one. And like, I'm, you know, not trying to be, yeah, it sounds like I'm undercutting Russ. I'm not, I just think that Sean is working, you know, like physically and mentally working really hard for this meet. Um, and like everyone else has said, his best chance to win, but yeah, I like one or two is obviously going to be super interesting, but watching 
like third to sixth is going to be really interesting too, which is not something that I've ever seen. Like you usually don't care other than placing, like unless you know someone, top three and the rest you don't really care about. But this meet is going to be like a fight for every, like top 10, there's going to be a fight for every spot. So going to be like specifically in the 83. So I'm super keen to watch it. But yeah, I don't know. It's like with my heart, like I said, Sean, but Sean has had a track record in the past of not going nine for nine, not going eight for nine. And I know that's not sometimes not what is needed. And, and I actually put on my story, um, one of the opinions that was uh, going nine for nine is overrated. And Sean swiped up and he said, as someone who has never gone nine for nine, I can tell you it's not overrated. So I think he's coming into the meet. Obviously he wants to go nine for nine, but I think more than ever, it's, it's his focus to hit every lift um, yeah. because it's going to be the difference you know, that one lift will be the difference between first and second. Um, and I, I don't think it's overrated. I think going nine for nine is underrated. I don't think enough people do it. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to hit all your lifts. And that, that person who gave the opinion actually gave a really good explanation as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think going nine for nine is underrated, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't say that I don't have any like experiences with like you know not going nine for nine like not trying to like brag but no brag it's a really good feeling yeah no i love i love that my track record is 27 for 28 like it is a brag it's like a look how well i look after myself even if my total is 50 kilos less than someone else it's like yeah but i i like the competition is to go and hit nine lifts it's like yeah that's true you know it's like doing a hurdle race and knocking over the last two hurdles and you're like oh well i still finished it's like but wouldn't you rather not have knocked them over and and still finished like it's better to not do it so i mean yeah i'm i've only missed one lift it was my first comp it was my third deadlift and i tried to double overhand 100 405 i tried to double overhand four plates because i had never been really I didn't have a coach and I didn't know what hook was and I just didn't think I needed to mix grip. So I obviously dropped it on grip. Um, but yeah, that's, I've come a long way now, but um, that's the only lift I've ever missed. And I plan to go nine for nine at nationals this year. I just don't see any point competing since I'm not going to break any, like I'm not competing against anybody, right? I don't have someone I need to beat. So it's like, why yeah. would I go nine for nine? Because I'm there for experience. I'm there to feel out what competition lifts feel like as best as possible so that when I do become competitive, I know what it's like. I know what that feels like to pull an RP 10 third, you know, after a long day and that sort of thing and actually make it. I want to know what my my capacity is and that sort of thing. But there are people who disagree with me and say it's overrated, but, you know. And you've you're, you've got a good track record, hey, with making lifts, yeah. Mm. You were nine for nine at last, last comp? Yes, and the first one too. It's a, it's a really good feeling, and I don't, I can't say if it is under or overrated, but I can like what I can say is that it's a good feeling. Just do it. Yeah, I mean, put it this way: when I left the meet and went eight for nine, I was a little bit bummed that I missed my third deadlift, right? And yeah. and as anyone would be when they missed the lift. And the last two comps, I've left going nine for nine, and I was significantly happier. Like, regardless of how much bigger the total was, like pretend it's irrelevant so much happy to go nine for nine it's like a feeling of accomplishment so i mean who for people who get into the sport and they're like competitive straight away they might never go nine for nine like sean's never gone nine for nine 
So it's like those sort of people is like maybe to them it's not the same. But like for someone who's gonna go from just like not even a five hundred kilo total to whatever total I'll eventually hit, like it's important for me, you know, to hit as much as I can, as many lifts as I can. But I guess yeah, like you said, different for everybody. And yeah, the person who gave me that opinion went through all the different reasons. It was like yeah, it was a logical thing, and it makes sense for different people because like. You know, if you if you just get there and you want to hail Mary a couple thirds, like within reason, I think it's I think it's fine. But yeah, yeah, I sure yeah. hope Sean does go nine for nine though. Oh, I I'm think if yeah. and Amanda Lawrence, see that right there? Yeah, someone got me a picture of Amanda Lawrence for Christmas, and there's like this inside joke about how much like I love her mm. and like I do I do think she's a great lifter, but like <laughs> there was no there's no reason to get me a picture and frame it. <laughs> I, I literally i could tell that was lifting but i couldn't see exactly what it was yeah, it's amanda lawrence yeah grab it for me man <laughs> dude check it that's Isn't nice it cool? man does she follow I you know. on instagram no she doesn't but this is my chance right now amanda, oh my god amanda lawrence can you get you. a can you get a photo can we can you stand back up and ask <laughs> What? Stand back up and show the photo. Stand up? No, no. Oh, you want me to turn around? <laughs> That's great. That's for the screen cut. That's for the Instagram story. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Surely that gets her attention. Amanda, you need to follow. You don't know how long I've been planning this. I was like, Declan's hyping me up. He said I'm USAPL's funniest. I got to come to the podcast with the best things ever. Mm. And like, I'm like, am I going to sit for like, I don't know how long this podcast is going to be an hour, an hour, maybe even two hours and just sit like just freaking underwear only just waiting for this one moment. Mm. You wanted to get up and show me that picture, didn't you? I wanted to. <laughs> I, was, Man, I, 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 I got to say, I've never seen anyone's butt cheeks on the podcast. Hey honored to be the first one mm. yeah dude the entire time when we were talking about like sean i was like all right how am i gonna segue into this <laughs> how am i gonna segue into showing off my booty cheeks on the next on the platform yes it's you've... the world if you're seeing this you're welcome it was very smooth i can like honestly i was not expecting that at all and it, <laughs> it did seem very natural that you're like i'll show the photo but yes yeah. it, it did seem very natural and obviously so oh, you're a big amanda God. lawrence fan um so Okay, because I've never really talked to anyone who's favored her over Daniela. Yeah, and that's that's something else too. Everyone's like, for, "Are you sure? Like, you don't like you don't like Daniela Mello?" I'm like, mm. "It's not like I don't like her. It's like I like, you know, ah, uh, how do I how do I word this right? I just I just probably like her because she's stronger. That's probably it." Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and well, like as Sean said when he was on here, he said Daniela's going down to the seventy six anyway. So I think. It sounds like Amanda Lawrence and Daniela are both going to be unchallenged in their in their weights. Like I don't think anyone's, as far as I know, maybe there's more competition in the seventy sixes for Daniela, especially with a weight cut. But like I don't, is there anyone close to uh, Amanda? I don't think so. No, because I, I think so. it was only Daniela, right? It was Daniela was close. Yeah. And nobody else was, and now Daniela's gone down down a weight class, mm. which I don't know. Kind of makes it less interesting. Like what? How? How? Yeah. Like, yeah, Amanda probably out-totals me from memory, but, like, she's not competing against anybody. So, like, how entertaining can the meet be 
I guess yeah. it must, and it must be hard for her. To, like how, how easy is it to hit a big total and a PB total when nothing's pushing you other than your own goals? You know, I have thought about moving down a weight class just for like the sake of like being competitive, but the way it seemed to me, and I'm not trying to like start anything. It just kind of seemed like running away from your competition instead of facing it head on. What? Because you're 93. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm on the heavy side of 93 because, um, after my meet, I just like, I, I, I lost control, man. I was, I was eating so much just to like make up for all that, that cutting. And I was, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the, 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 the conversion to kilograms is, but mm. I was 200 pounds. And at the end of last week, I was 221. I gained 21 pounds in a week. It was uh, crazy. Two twenty ones. You're getting close to a hundred kilos. That's like ninety six kilos, roughly. Oh, dude, it was bad. I gained like twenty pounds. Mm. Man, that's yeah. a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, I almost became like I almost passed one hundred five kg. Like, mm. I, I, could, I think I you need to go up. Heavy. You need to go up. You need to go up to two twenty five. <laughs> yeah. One of these days, I will have to move up someday, but I'm not really looking forward to it because, again, like I said, I like to be as light as I can just for, like, the competitive advantage. Put it this way. It's not nice to struggle to tie your shoelaces up. Mm. It's not nice. It's not cool. It's not fun. And you guys can take my word for it. Um, being fat and coupled with bad mobility, it's not, like, <laughs> just tying your shoelaces like, oh, fucking get my leg up and whatever and yeah, it's, it's embarrassing man it's like and i alan if you're listening i know he has the same problem with just <laughs> doing things that are like everyday stuff that start to become a little bit harder because you're like real big um yeah. but yeah man it's it's you're 93 and uh how tall are you i am five ten and a half. Oh man yeah no uh, yeah no i support you staying at that and going up like because like um man some of the 83s are like five six yeah five seven so at five ten yeah man i mean there are i know someone who's like five eight and he's a 105 and he's a thick like he's a big 105 so like at five ten man you could be you could be a you could be a 120 competitor (laughs) no way well ray williams is only six foot it was so bad being heavy. Like it just like hurt to exist. Yeah. But that's probably because I did it like super fast. Yeah. Yeah. If you had done it over a period of like a couple of years, might feel really good. You might feel, yeah. I mean, out of breath, just from talking to people and it's like, damn man. Yeah, man. Just (laughs) getting out of breath from farting in a jar. That's what happens. (laughs) Dude, Uh, I have it somewhere. Oh, please. Jar reveal on the podcast. (laughs) Check it out. Fart jar. The infamous. Mostly, you can see there's like, it's wet inside. Oh man! So and I'll massive. and I'll put the I'll, when we wrap it up, I'll edit the clips in. Um, yeah. I've I've got one and particularly got one in mind that I've seen. I remember I'm gonna put it in. Um, before I let you go, and this is something I haven't really asked anybody yet. I want to know who you think and think about it before you answer. But I want to know right. if if you had to choose one person, one teenager, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you think would is got has the best chance at being the next like like the top of their weight class or like you know a really good competitor in their weight class in the next few years and think about like how old um how you know 
because these are the things that I go through, like how well they stick to the program, you know, overall, like, and I know no technique is inherently dangerous, but like there's definitely some techniques that cause people to have to backtrack more than others. Um, you know, like tucking, tucking the pelvis heaps on a sumo, that sort of thing. Who, who, who do you think? Well, I only know people from the nine three because I don't really keep um, up with the things that happen around me, like the, the other weight classes or other like age divisions. So I only know ninety three two two, which is sixteen seventeen. So top of the weight class. Mm. Are you talking about in the open, like? Just any teenager, any weight class who you have faith in, if you had to pick one, probably a hard question because you probably have multiple friends that are good. So like, I don't want you to, I don't want to make you choose, but like, I do want to make you choose because I want to know who you think. Hmm. Well, I'll speak for the 93s. Mm. Definitely either Mitchell Jones or Peter. Mm. Okay. Because, um, Neither of them uh, won uh, high school nationals, but uh, that's not to say that they're not good, in my opinion, because I think that they have so much more potential. You know, it's mm. just getting started. And I think that, A, they have great coaches, you know, yeah. and B, they have great resources and, and people surrounding them who push them to do um, to do better. Mm. And I know for, for a fact that, so for Mitchell – he has like us as a group and we're all pushing him to like make the right decisions, you know, mm. and, and just do his, do his best. Mm. And same thing for Peter too. Cause Peter's also in that friend group with us and we're all pushing each other to the best. And the reason why I can't say myself is because, you know, well, for one Mitchell out totals me and he's only, a, he's a year younger than me. And, but also I just, I think, I know that I lack that um, that discipline, you know. Like I've told you before, that I don't I don't do accessories. I don't ever like really follow the program strictly. And for that matter, I haven't tracked macros in who knows how long. Like I know that I tracked like when I was first introduced to it, mm. and I tracked for like maybe two months, and that was like the best I've looked and felt in my entire life. But then. After that, I was like, it's kind of hard. Like, I don't have the mm. discipline. So I just never did it. And like, you know, I don't know. Maybe if I was like more disciplined like those guys, I would have been able to like, you know, be a lot further than I am right now. Mm. Are those too disciplined? I don't, other than their training, I have no idea. Um, I'd have to imagine like, they are. I'd have to like imagine because of the progress they've made and like, you know, yeah. and I had like, I agree, you know, Mitchell does total more, but, uh, and, and Kilo Pete would probably hate me speaking on his behalf, but he is really tall and like, he, he's got a big frame to fill out. So, I mean, if you, if you could take that out of like, cause let's be real, being tall is holding him back a little bit, like until he fills his frame out, like the dude's arms, like when you see him bench, when you see how long his femurs are, when he squats, like there's a lot of knee travel, like. And even with like deadlifts and I've had the same experience, like it's hard. So, um, you know, especially at a young age when like in like five years time when he's filled out, then maybe it would be different like between him and Mitchell, like the totals and that sort of thing. But like, 
like Wilkes, I guess, because I'll be different weight classes. But yeah, I think young dudes who are tall and like, yes, I'm talking about myself. It takes ages to fill out a, a weight class. Like you have a big frame. You can't just get to like 74 kilos within the first four months of training or not even four months. Like some people will start training. They're already 74 kilos, you know? So it's yeah, like, I just don't know how, like how hard it is to put on weight because like, like, it's like, I know Peter, for example, he has a really hard time putting on weight because like yep. he'll just metabolize all of that. But for me, like, it is so easy for me to put on weight. That's like mm. why I started lifting in the first place. I was this fat, freaking obese kid who just mm. wanted to start to like look better. So I started lifting, right? Mm. And I just realized that I have this like potential in bench press. Like funny enough, like I've always been like kind of talented in that. And I was just like, research like how do i get my bench press to be higher and i would always freaking bench press and i would never squat or deadlift because i didn't know how to do that and mm. i wasn't interested in that either and that's probably why like today it's not the best like if my deadlift was like you know as good as it could be i'd probably be mm. I'd probably be out totally mitchell <laughs> well put it this way i bench less than you and i deadlift more than you but i'm he- mm. like i'm he- like obviously you have a higher wheels than me but like yeah, your my deadlift feels like my bad lift, and in comparison, to my bench like I feel like my bench is better than my deadlift in comparison. But you, you bench even more, like slightly more. What do you bench? One seventy five or one eighty? Oh, oh no, you you bench man. you bench what would be four plates in the home gym, huh? You bench yeah I have. yeah. So you actually bench like about ten like twenty pounds more than me, but you deadlift less, and I feel like my deadlift is less impressive than my bench. Mm, yeah i see yeah i see what you're getting at yeah yeah so like yeah you obviously built for bench but like i get what you mean because like i didn't bench, i didn't fucking squat or deadlift for like the first year <laughs> so yeah. it's it's but hard you gotta struggle for me too though yeah i ever wanted to be heavy so mm. that's why i'm trying to stay in 93s for as long as i can and i even had the idea of going into 83 which everyone's like that's a terrible idea you're too tall mm. for that yeah and, I, I would um, say you're too tall yeah, but eventually I know it's going to happen someday. I'm going to have to move to 105. And I feel yeah. like that's something that a lot of like people, maybe not even my age, but just people in general, they kind of fear that mm. fear having to move up a weight class and like, you know, just becoming like less impressive and having to, you know, go against the big boys. But what are this? Like, this is my thought process, right? Like, it, look, I'm obviously too tall to like make the decision. I'm definitely going to be a 120, right? But let's say I was let's say I was five ten. I don't I don't know I don't know if I'd be scared of it. I kind of I kind of put it this way like you could stay you could stay as a ninety three and potentially be like top ten in like at, at like a raw nats, like you could always place top ten. You could get close to like podium. You could you know whatever you could, who knows what your limit is. But like, let's say you move up a weight class. I I at first it's gonna be you're gonna be less impressive, right? Obviously you're not gonna be able to compete with the 105 straight away but then a couple years later you're in the the right weight class for your frame i think your potential is much better than man like i think yeah you could, you could cut and stay as a 93 and but what if you were a 105 and you were super muscly and you got lean like you got lean as a one like imagine being lean as a 105 compared to a 93 that's 12 kilos heavier and if you were lean let's say you're the same body fat that's an extra 12 kilos of muscle so like yeah. obviously that's within a timeline but I mean, yeah, if I, if I was you, like if I, if you asked me, what should I do? I would say, I would say just 
like just eat up like just slowly wow. even if it's like even if it's like a kilo a month man or, or less mm. like, it could take you a year to get up to 105s and like like i know you could do it quickly because you you sound like you, you find it really easy to move up but if you do it super slow you probably wouldn't even notice a change in body composition until you're like holy shit like i'm this much bigger you know but but you yeah. deal with the same body fat or like similar body fat mm. i understand like not wanting to see your body change like that because you know i went through that and like i went through the changes and, and saw like and it's like sometimes it gets you down a bit but then it's like well i'm a lot stronger now and like i'm not holding back my potential now so it's like you know yeah that's true i never really looked at it like that but now that you've spoken about this to me who knows maybe you'll yeah. see me in the five. yeah man well like even if it's in a year's time think about how much stronger you'd be train like now that you're on track like put it this way like you're training well now and you have a good coach and you have good equipment it's like another year however you might add 50 kilos to your total at this body weight in a year's time right imagine if you were upper weight category like that would you know that it, yeah. to me that's exciting like i'm i'm gonna be like a relatively not lean 110 but I, like it being being 120 kilos one day and being lean really excites me like if i can look as close to shane hunt as i possibly can <laughs> like if i can look like that dude as much as possible naturally in the next like five years i would be happy with my life like shane hunt probably one of my most favorite powerlifters to ever walk this planet dude he looks amazing and he lifts like insane bro yeah he he's and he seems like a really nice guy too um yeah he's fantastic but yeah that's the end goal look like that all right man well we might have to wrap it up yeah man it was a good talk dude it i haven't had that it was like literally talking to like one of like my best friends that's yeah, how man like, i'll have to come over and where do you live which state are you in um I, I live in oklahoma but i live in okc you know where that is no i do not um, it's uh, by uh, OKCD's okay, Nuts, boy. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no, I had to drop that in there. Um, where in Oklahoma is... Uh, where in America is Oklahoma? Because my American geography is subpar. To say Everyone knows where Texas is. So it's like right above Texas. It's like Everybody right knows where Texas is. What about Australians that aren't good at geography? Let me Google it. Oklahoma. Let's have a look here right in the middle of the united states sort of towards the south um i'm seeing i'm seeing i'm seeing on the map where oklahoma is oh, okay yes all right i'm coming over next year but i don't think i'll be near that don't think i'll be near you unfortunately yeah um well thank you very much for coming on man i had a great time i'm definitely going to screenshot that photo of your ass for um for instagram um, thank you for having me on it was an honor no of course man actually you know i was gonna put i was gonna put this episode up today but i think i might put it up tomorrow just because yeah. leave the people in suspense a little bit because i got to edit it and stuff um but yeah thank you very much man and have a have a fantastic rest of the evening thank you you too